because we're starting. So. Okay, so, so we spoke last time okay. that even though normally chinuch means giving a person enough time to develop, they're at the stage where they're ready to take the next step. We saw the exception to this was kashrus. Exception to this kashrus because there we said it's shmir for your child's spiritual future, so to speak. More than I'm training him what to do. Now, there's a point I want to talk about over here. And that is, there are a lot of child psychologists and others who hold that if you refuse a child something they want, it's going to impact on them negatively. And therefore, how can you say no to a child? And if we're going to be macro-locatious, especially if you're in a place where you, the supermarket aisles are full of things that they can't have, so then you're going to have to get used to saying no to the child. So let's discuss the psychology of it. How bad is it? Is it bad? So I want to share a story with you first, and after that, a second story as well. And the first point is, the story is like this. There was a meeting here in Israel of educators. It's not a very common that it happens like this, but there was a cross-section of Haredi educators, Mishkichem, Yeshivas, and uh, on the other side of this of the spectrum were Secular professors of whatever it was, education and child development. And uh, there was a certain Meshkiach who was there at this meeting. And on the other side, one of the non-religious speakers actually happened to be his cousin. So between sessions, they happened to meet each other. And they put up the family, how are you, how are you, whatever. So this professor asked the Meshkiach, he says, tell me something. How many children do you have? He said, I have eight. He said, eight children? He said, how do you cook? So why not? He said, well, I have two children and I can't cope with them. How do you cope with eight? <laughs> so the Meshkiach tells him, he said, before I answer the Shaila, I don't understand what you're asking. He said, by us, you know, there's so many things that children can't do. You can't do this, you can't do that, you have to do this, you have to do that. So you have to deal with them because everything is a restriction. But by you, they can do whatever they want. So why is it so hard? You don't have any principles that the children can't do what they want. Let them do what they want. What's the problem? Why do you have a hard time bringing them up? So the professor told him, he said, you understand that even without being religious, there's some things you can't do. When your 18-year-old wants to take drugs, when uh, he wants to drive without a driver's license, when he wants to act in a way which is inappropriate, you're going to have to stop him. And how do you do that? They just don't listen to you. So Meshkiyah said, that's the difference between us and between you. He said, by us, we brought up from the beginning knowing you can't do everything you want. We brought up with restraint. We know what it means. And if that's the case, if that's the case, when it gets to an later stage and all the children want to do what they want to do, they also understand the same principle. We're not doing whatever we want. We've already been taught that there's certain things which we want to and we can't. So it's not so difficult. He says, He says, By you, if you never learned restraint, you always thought you could do what you want to do, then when it gets to the stage where you have to restrain them, there's no way to do it. They've never learned how to not get what they want. So that's the first point. 
Is it a healthy thing psychologically? Yes, it is. Because it could start with small things when they're children. And if it's not going to be the restrictions their parents place on them, then it's going to be the restrictions the law places on them. If a person doesn't know how to stop himself getting what he wants to get, he's never learned, like I said, how to overcome the, the notion, the feeling, that whatever I want I can do, then what's going to stop him? What's going to stop him? And therefore, it's in the side. The point of teaching, of being macro in our children's kashras, like I said before, is as a shmira for them. But as an aside, it's a big man. It's a big man. The child learns I can't do everything I want. I'll tell you a story I heard today. There's a firm lady who was shopping in a Costco in Florida, in Miami. And uh, she noticed there was, also going up and down the aisles, there was an African lady with a child in the cart. And every second thing the child, this African child saw, he wants, Mommy, give me that. Mommy, give me that. And then she goes, she said, no. Mommy, give me that. No. So the little child did. So he got on the floor and started kicking his feet up and down and started screaming. And obviously it disturbs everybody else. And the mother's trying her best to stop him screaming. He's not interested. He's kind of screaming, screaming, screaming. So in the end, in desperation, in desperation, the mother turns to him and says, this African lady says to her child, she says, you can't have that, Johnny. It's not kosher. So this friend lady is so surprised. And she turns and says, pardon me, do you keep kosher? She says, I keep kosher, of course, I'm a Jew. So he sa- she says to her, so why do you tell your child it's not kosher? So this African lady says, listen, lady, so I've been to the store a lot. And it happens to your kids also. And we don't get the one that the phone from screaming. Whatever the mother says is not kosher, they stop. So I thought I'd try the same thing. Now, it's a true story. It happened this week. But it's a, the Yusoid is the same Yusoid. A person learns a straight. I can't do everything I want to do. And therefore, there's certain things I can't do. Without it, there's nothing to restrain a person. And it's the Pasuk in Yom. The Pasuk in Yom says, V'ayir pera adami valet. What's the Pasuk of Ayir pera? An Ayir pera. It doesn't sustain animal. There are lots of examples that the Navi could have given if you wanted to say a person grows up like an animal. What's meyuchad? What's special? What's unique about an ayurpera? Ayurpera is a wild donkey, right? So if anybody's been in the farming industry, you would know that the muslik of a wild donkey is a donkey has to be broken in. He doesn't actually accept anyone to tell him what to do, right? So you have to work with him to get used to the idea of accepting authority, being willing to accept the yoke on his back and follow orders. But while he's still a peri, while the donkey's still wild, you can't get him to do anything. He doesn't pay. He doesn't listen. Doesn't accept it. It's not obedient. It's the same usage. A person starts off like a rosa. That training, that decide that a person has to learn how to control himself, how to restrain himself, is an integral part of chinuch. You're going to see not just for this, but for all mitzvahs. And like I said, it's nothing we have to work on specifically. We already have the we already have the requirements. And they're kind of discussion. And that's where there's going to be a challenge. And that's where there's going to be a reason to. But someone knows. Not kosher means I can't have. Does this have to be mutually exclusive to, to for me then? Meaning a not technically illiterate person can also have boundaries for his kids and says, you can't eat what you want when you want. You can't play with it. hundred percent. If a person makes boundaries, then there'll be boundaries. I'm saying we're using, we're utilizing we the halach we, we, we have anyway. We, the man is, we're utilizing that as a way to make boundaries. And now I'm telling you another story. For those of you who have ever learned child psychology, 
So you've heard of what's called the marshmallow test. I think we even wrote it up here once before, in a different context. Right. What's the marshmallow test? When they want to, so to speak, test development of children, so they have an examiner. He takes a small child, four or five years old, puts him in a room, and he puts a marshmallow down in front of him. And he says, this marshmallow is for you. You can have it if you want. But I'm going to fetch another one. I'm going to get another one. If you can wait a minute until I come back, I'll give you two. But if you eat the first one, then I'm not giving you another one. And then the examiner leaves the room. Waits outside for a minute. Obviously, the video camera is watching what the child does. And uh, after a minute, we'll come back and see with the second marshmallow, so to speak, available. That it... This test has been done by many, many universities around America. And if I'd ask you, what do you think the result was of the marshmallow test? So I watched studies. I watched studies. Out of all the kids I saw exactly, like, who went through, so they watched, who tested and filmed what they did, must have been about 20 or more kids, only two of them didn't eat the marshmallow straight away. Eight out of 20, as soon as the examiner turned his back, he ate the marshmallow. Two did it. The one picked it up, looked at it, smelled it, sniffed it, looked at it, licked it, put it down again, eventually ate it also. And the last one, the, the giver of the story, the one who actually succeeded, was the kid who looked at the marshmallow a few seconds, and it was supposed to be too much for him. So he, he got off the chair, and lay on the floor and covered his eyes. So he shouldn't have to look at it. How old are these kids? Four or five. You, you can look it up in Princeton University, example. You can look it up. You can see it. The kids, I saw this with my wife. It didn't make sense. What's so difficult? So we decided we're going to do the Ramadish for marshmallow test. <laughs> and I started with my own kids first. Yeah, they were the guinea pigs. So same thing exactly. Put them in the room, the table, and the camera obviously wants the coins. No, I don't know about. And you say, I'm putting a marshmallow on the table. If you want it, you can have it. But if you're going to wait a minute, I'll go eat another one, you'll get two. Okay. We do the test. Not a single kid ate the marshmallow. They'll wait. And it wasn't it. They just said, wait. Wait for the next one to come. And I asked other people in the neighborhood to try it as well. And the same. Kids didn't wait. Nothing happens. What's the difference? It's really marshmallows. No, it's really marshmallows. No, they're marshmallows. What's the difference? The difference is exactly this point. A Jewish kid has learned basic restraints. He doesn't have to have something this second. I understand, it's a Muslim, I don't have to have it right now. No, it's not other kids also. I don't have to get it right now. You can learn how to wait. And I was thinking something about this. I was giving a share today. A certain group. On the principle of Ayla Baba. Why is it important for us to realize and deal with Ayla Baba? So I was talking to a group, maybe the group which needs a bit more Kirov, a bit more Chizov. So I was saying, that if a person realizes the idea of Adam Abba, that completely changes the scope of the of an assignment a person faces. Why? Because Adam Abba we're talking in terms of eternity. Adam Abba we're talking in terms of Nitzchia, something which is forever. So if someone tells you something, listen, I'll give you $100, you can have it right now. Or, I'll give you next week $1 a day, every day for the rest of your life. What would you rather have? And if the rest of your life is not long enough, I'll give you one dollar a day forever. What's more worth it? A hundred dollars a front in your pocket, or one dollar a day, even some next month, but it's forever. I said, whatever the, whatever the amount is going to be, right? 
the scale of Olam Azet Olam Aba is something which is short term to something which is forever. And you can't weigh up the two. And Kavachim is the other way around. If you also understand Olam Aba is more than this world, so it's either you get one dollar today or a hundred dollars from next month every day forever. The, the proportion changes. That's something beside it. And in the middle of talking to them, I just heard something. And I thought, I'm not, I'm, I'm not using the right marshal to talk to these guys. If I was talking to a from Olam Aba, that's what I'm talking about. But this is just the adult version of the marshmallow test. If someone doesn't know restraint, they're going to take the money today. Oh, if you don't take it today, you'll get more next week, and it'll be much more. But I can't not have now for then. I'm going to get there. Um, right? I can't have not have now for then. I can't give up now what I want later. It's the same thing. The musig, the concept of being able to forego an immediate pleasure for a later pleasure, is only built on the fact that a person has restraint. A person can restrain what he wants now. If a person isn't able to do that, I, I can't not get what I want now. Mm-hmm. So then, you can say as much as you want about Adam but it's not going to make a difference. If you offer those kids, not just one extra marshmallow, I'll give you the whole bag. They'll still eat the marshmallow right away. There's no other that. If you have to talk about developing muscles of Yerusha mind, right? they have never developed it. They just can't. They just can't. And now, it reminded me of a vote. You know, twice the Torah talks about the pasuk of teaching your kids about Yisus Mitzrayim. And we know that one is talking about the Ben Tzadik, and one is talking about the Ben Russian. And if you look in the parish in the Torah, how do you know which is which? Just can you shout for Bencha? Your son is your son. How do you know if he's talking about your son the Tzadik? Your son the Russian. So, let's look at the Shepherd, I think, sorry, the Spasem says it, I think. But it's a, it's a good fact. And he says the difference is, that in the white book it says, If he asks you tomorrow, and he says, someone who can think about the concept of tomorrow is a tzaddik. The Muslim of a rush is now. And it's the Gemara, the Gemara says in the Arabian, that the mindset of a rush is, Do whatever you can now. Get the most out of now. Because you don't think ahead to the future. And the tzaddik is someone who can deal with Mokha. That there's, they can wait now, they can delay pleasure now because it's worth it to get something else later. Oh, yeah, the yeah. whole moon of future reward has to start from the point that it's worth waiting to get something better. If a person can't, then it doesn't speak to them. Okay. Okay, so that's the first point. Second point. Now, therefore, we spoke about the matter of teaching restraint. The next point I want to talk about is how to do the Mason. Okay, so there's two categories over here. The first one is what we're very about, and that's very straightforward, when it comes to kashas. And you have to check out aisle of whatever store it is, and all the non-kashas comes with chocolates right next to the kid, where the kids can see. And they say, we want this, we want this, it's not kosher. It means no. Not kosher means you can't have me. It's not negotiable. And that, that a child can learn very quickly. If something is it's a non-negotiable, no, there's nothing to talk about. Okay, so as much as you want it, you can't have it. That's one level. That's the easier level. There's a second level also. And that's, even something is mutter, you don't have it right now. You don't have, to have it right now. There's a muslim of learning to wait for something. Like I said, there's one category of, I don't have to get what I want, because some things I can't have. There's a second category also. And that is even things which I technically could have, I don't have right now, I can wait. Where is the training for this? This is the beauty. We never look for new 
pedagogic activities to try and train children. We don't need to. The Torah gives us everything. We just have to find the place in the Torah to, use, to apply it. Where's the Musuk of this? It's in the Whenever you find something the best, you keep it for Shabbos. Children can appreciate that also. You, 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 you go into the store, you go through the Nash aisle, whatever it is, and the child wants something, this is for Shabbos. Besides for teaching Shabbos, we'll talk about teaching Shabbos later. But there's a second minor here also. And that is, I don't have to have it now. Not that you can't have it, you can. But we wait for Shabbos. We keep something for Shabbos. And it's a, it's a simple thing which most people do even without thinking about it. But the mindset is that there's a tremendous value in it. And that is, even if something you want to get and you want, you can have, and you're looking forward to having, doesn't have to be now. Doesn't have to be now. Other, a person can delay gratification. A person can delay what he wants for some, to have it later. And if it's not automatic, then you can engineer it. You're taking a child to the store with you. You can say, choose something for Shabbos. No, oh, but I want it now. It's a Shabbos. Shabbos is special. We keep things for Shabbos. Yeah, so now, what age can you start with this? It's true, a kid who's too young to understand it doesn't know what it means. But a kid understands what Shabbos is. They understand. Shabbos, we set the table. Shabbos, I get dressed in my best clothing. Shabbos is whatever it is. When they understand Shabbos is different, then they can really understand. Some things are for Shabbos. We can keep it special. And just like we clear for ourselves, Zochreu, if a person is a monoyotha, he should be shamed for Shabbos. Right? So the same thing again. You can bring up your kids with the same thing. People think it's a negative. It's actually the opposite. And now I'm coming to my second psychological point for tonight. The first point was, if a person doesn't develop restraint, will never have it. That's it. The second point. This is what I want to discuss now. And that is, what do you think would be better? Imagine you were planning a trip for your kids to some activity they enjoy doing. It was little kids to the park, it's all the kids to the amusement park, maybe sleep awake, overnight hike, whatever it's going to be, whatever activity you plan for your kids. What's, what do you think is, is, would be a better way to go about it? Would it be a better way to wake up morning, guys, surprise, today we're going on a vacation. Today we're going on an outing, we're doing something special. Or, start them two weeks in advance. We're going to, in two weeks' time, we're going wherever it is, I've got tickets already. What's better? What would the Elam think? So Benny's saying is right. Uh, so before we get to the gun, I'm just going to spend the psychology and we'll bring them across. It says, it says by it says by Yaakov, you know, the, since he loved Rachel, so went fast. Right. Then we'll something else. Okay. The psychology will tell you that to know about it, Mirosh, is a big part of the enjoyment. Looking forward to it and planning it and expecting it and waiting for it and counting down for it. And very often that's more enjoyable than activity itself. Right. The anticipation is more. You take away from someone and give it in here. You can have it right now. So then they enjoy it much less than how much the enjoyment of expecting something good to happen, of looking forward to it in Mirosh. Right? Like uh, Benny said correctly, the God talks about it in a few places, and that is here, like the same thing like said, he's taking the negative. He says, Hurray, Vera, Koshim, Vera. Or Mitzvah, Gerez, Mitzvah, whatever it is. The anticipation, the planning is, is better, more enjoyable than the mice. Okay. Benito, Benito, if someone's used to getting what they want, when they want, right away, so they're losing that stage. It's not like you're damaging somebody by telling them you have to wait for it. You're actually making it better. You're actually making it better. If they're old enough to understand what they're waiting for, and this is an important point I'm going to come back to in a minute, if they're old enough to understand what they're waiting for, 
But you actually doing the metaila. If you take your, the, 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 the candy that your kid was off the shelves here, have it now. Right? He'll enjoy it much less than if you say, here, we put it away, we'll keep it for Shabbos. And you can come look at it every day. It's there for him. No one's taking it away from him. It's there for him, but it's waiting for Shabbos. So the anticipation will add to it. And not only that, the Rishonim will learn that this is the, Isra, this is the mitzvah the rice of Zafar Sema Shabbos Lakaitra. You enjoy Shabbos the whole week. Because since I'm looking forward to this, what I'm going to do on Shabbos, and this is what I'm going to do on Shabbos, and uh, this is what I want to eat on Shabbos, so then the, 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 I'm already seriously tasting the enjoyment of Shabbos the whole week. Isn't this the Mechlaid of Shabbos? It's Hillel, it's not a Mechlaid. The Gemara says, Hillel, Midacher, is Hoysel Boy. Okay, he had his own order. No, so he's trying to train his own order. You're saying like Shabbos. I'm saying like that's Halacha. Hillel was, it wasn't his trip from Nakash. I mean, he had his own personal on Halacha of Bitacher. That's something else. We can work on Bitacher. We'll talk about Bitacher at a later stage. The first thing that I'm talking about is the the hanhaga of learning to wait for something. And again, it's not damaging. It's not a poor kid, he didn't get what he wanted. He's actually doing him a table. He's actually doing a table, he'll enjoy it more. What does psychology say about this? Uh, like I said, what, what, what age can you start with this? So we need two things. Number one, that they recognize what Shabbos is. If they don't realize no difference in Shabbos than the other day, it's not what, you, what are you waiting for? Right? Number two, they're old enough to understand that Shabbos is going to come. It's not like endless, that you take away from me, you never give it to me. They understand there's already a cycle. Even if they don't have time that well, there's a cycle. And every few days, two days. Today is Shabbos, not. Today is then. How many more days is Shabbos? Three more days. Two more days. One more day. Right? And they know that it's coming. We can count down. So, so just, just before a kid understands anything, right, my tantruming almost two-year-old, right, and he's... Kicks up the fuss every time again. Is there any point in choosing them straight at that, at that restraint? Cash just yes, because of the importance of cash. Cash is because of the shmir, but because it's of the restraint. That's just give him right. whatever he wants. No, no. But he has to understand what you do. He doesn't understand. He's one. Two, whatever. If he doesn't understand anything, it's like a baby. If a baby, if a baby's crying in the middle of the night because the baby's hungry, there's no point in trying to exercise restraint. Doesn't understand. Isn't there? I Isn't there a natural restraint? Meaning. Is there a natural restraint which doesn't necessarily go into the, 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 the intelligence, Shabbai, but meaning he's used to not getting everything he wants, even though he doesn't understand it. So that when he turns three and four and he does start understanding things, it won't be that like a switch that he suddenly like stops getting what he wants. No, I, I, again, it depends on his... Uh, let's talk about this. What's the age of development to be said that a person is able to understand that? And like I said, if you're going to train a tiny baby that uh, you don't get what you want right away, you can scream. No, I'm trying to say that like, my, my two-year-old doesn't understand why I'm restraining him, but he understands he's being restrained. Right, right? But, but is he being restrained because you'll get it later, or because you can't have it at all? There's a big difference. And so it's trying to at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's some things which a person can't have. It's not like you'll get it later. No, you can't have it. We use kashras as, as the grain. Anyway, we're doing it for the shmirah, but that's the grounds to teach that. You can't have everything you want. No, that's us. You don't know how to have that. Sorry? I quit smoking. You say that you can smoke once half a year, whatever. Your whole brain works different quitting than when you. It's not a loser. I'm serious. I could do it. It's, it's, it's the, the psychological that your brain says, I'm going to have it one day. You tell your brain, I'm never having it again, quit. There's a certain detachment from it. Now, a kid, even if it's too old, if it's coming to cash, then yes, you'll have to understand that. You can't have everything you want. When it comes to delaying gratification, not that I can't have it, you can have it later. So like I said before, it has to work with a boundary that he understands what he's waiting for. Because if, if the kid, in a kid's mind, not now is never. 
Right? He doesn't stand when you say to give away, you'll have it in that. Even if I say in a few minutes, he doesn't know what it means. It's either now or never. He doesn't have a concept of when, when things happen. So then I'm basically saying no. If that's the case, then I have to think, is this something which I want to restrain him from completely? Because I'm not teaching him to do wait. I'm teaching him it's not. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's one limit. Another limit is even something that you want, wait. There's, there's a value in mocha, right? In, you don't have to have it right now. And like I said, we're not making up new psychology. The, it works within the principles of the Torah. We, we, we teach a child to look forward to Shabbos. Right. I'm going to say again what I said last time, because now we've put it into context. They ask the Moshe Feinstein, they ask the Moshe Feinstein, at what stage do you have to train your kids in Vasa Bahar? Which means, not, obviously not that I'm together, that's the serious. But if your child ate meat, how is this way to work? Right? And I look at the cat, people of the side, I've been asked the side as well. That my one year old, I just paid for chicken soup, can he have his milk one? How soon afterwards? Right? So Ramosha said the same you said. Ramosha said there's no chinuch in training to wait time between Basil and Bukhalov until a child understands time. If a child understands it's now and it's later, then I can tell him, not now and later. If a child doesn't know what that means, not now means never. They have no idea how you wait. Not now means never. So then, why take me something that I want? Why, I want the milk one. Why, why can't I have it? Right. If that's the case, maybe if you want to be machmer, wash out their mouths, you shouldn't be having boss and them out at the same time. But perhaps we don't do anything. The, the training for Zedra Bonner of Harchokas, boss and Bukhalov, isn't a gift little child. It's not a sir. So even when they're older and understand time, then the same dinner applies. Delay. You can have milk, but not right now. You'll have it later. And it's the same you saw it of when a person's old enough to understand um, what time means, that they can start learning what it means to delay having what I want to have. For them, any restraint means complete restraint because they don't. Right. Have a for a little child, any restraint means a restraint. form of type of restraint of like, not at all. And guys, it's type one restraint. Then the child is what we're talking about. If it's cash or some other things. Oh, now, just understanding time isn't itself a kind of. There's waking up time, whatever it is. There's lunch time. He goes to gun. He comes home from gun. So I can say this. You know, when you come home from gun, you'll have it. He says what that means. I'm going. I'll come back. And then I'll have, or whatever it's going to be. Then he's dealing with the content. But a, a kid is too young to understand that if it's not now, so that's. When? It's like it doesn't have a concept of what's going to come next. Remember, we understand time because we're used to the sequence. So we understand in the head what's going to happen because we're used to the sequence. But somebody isn't, then he doesn't know what that means. Okay. Now, next point. There's two times you said last time that the Torah gives us an instruction, the Hazirak Dore Maraktani. There's two times the Torah tells us we have a khir for the adults to warn the children. It's nothing to do with the regular myths of Khinuch. The regular mitzvah of Chinuch is maybe Rabbanan, maybe it's the rice, but that's the place all the mitzvah of the Torah. We don't have a pasuk that tells us that a, a, an adult has to train his child in tzitzis. We don't have a pasuk about shatnas that says an adult has to make sure a child doesn't do shatnas. But there's two times in the Torah that there's a mitzvah that the adults have to take care of the children. We said it last week already, because it's shmir, to watch the children. And I'm just going back because I want to get to another point. The one is by Kashrus. And the other one is Batron. Same thing for the Kainim. In the Pasha of the Kainim, it's also the Lashen to Mazalik Dara Maktani. Both of them are Yisraelchila. Whether it's Kashrus, it's Nagayat to everybody. And when it's talking about Trum, not to eat Tevel, not to eat Tomei, so that's Nagayat to the Kainim. There's an interesting point. And that is, when it comes to the regular dinner of Kashrus, there's one possible dinner of Trum. When it comes to the dinner of Tumul, it's repeated twice. The dinner of the Kainim is repeated twice. What's the difference? 
It's the same rule. When it comes to that, you have to watch your children. You have to guard them. And we said last time, it's dangerous. And that's the case. It's your responsibility as a parent to watch your children. So why do I need an extra as horror about trauma? But what's the difference between One's enough. Mufashim said a beautiful word, and this is very negative. Mufashim, none of them. So the same word, but it's very negative. And they say like this. They say, when it, if you're talking about a society of Yidin, right? The Mitzvah is everybody's keeping kashas. Everyone's in the same boat. We're all keeping kashas. So yes, I'm not eating the sherets. My neighbor's not eating the sherets. My payment in Gant's not eating the sherets. None of us are eating the sherets. So we're all in the same boat, right? And therefore, yes, the, the adults have to watch the children that they don't eat trade, but it's not so difficult because there's no influence of society. There's no influence of society. Everyone's doing the same thing. But when it comes to the kind, it's a completely different story. Because my friend eating tamay, and this one's eating tamay, and that one's eating tamay, and that's okay because they're Israelian. So why do you have a different standard for me as a kind? Right? I, I have to be different to everybody else. I have to be Nizar and Shrutum of a tire. Because he's eating trumpet hub. Right? That's much more difficult. In other words, when a person's acting different to their society, so then it becomes much harder to, so to speak, enforce a certain level because you've been different to everybody else. And that's why we need an extra possible. Right? This is more of a Shmir over here. Because Otherwise, you can rely on a certain amount of shmirah from the society. A certain amount of shmirah from society, because bats are all doing the same thing. But when you have a case where you have to be held to a standard which is different to the standard of the society you're in, then it puts a much bigger responsibility on the parent. Now, this is a good thing to talk about in any setting, right? especially if a person's at, it makes a big difference where you are. If a person's living in a society where everybody else is from and everybody else keeps the same level of kashish, let's say, right? Like, then it makes the Nisayin much less of a Nisayin. Because there isn't the shadow of why, why can he eat it and I can't. Your friends also aren't eating it. Everyone's in the same place. Right? When a person's in a place where he's in a surrounding of people who aren't keeping the same standard as him, either because they're more makele or because he's gone to a kira position or because it's chutzlaris and they go in next door, whatever the case might be. Right? And then the time is, but he's doing it. Why can't I? So then it makes this Nisayin much more difficult. Because there's not something which everybody doesn't do. Right? To teach a strength when nobody does it is much easier. No one does it. So what do you want? But when everyone else is doing it, and they have to tra- tra- train somebody that they can't, they have to be different to everybody else, this needs much more vishmir. This needs much more vishmir. And this is where the shadows of kashras become much more practical shadows. Now we don't have kind into their eating trauma, but the mitzias is a much more practical shadow. Daniel, if your whole, your whole extended family keeps the same standards of kashras as you do, for all the uncles and aunts and cousins, everyone's eating the same action, then that's fine. He's going to go to his cousin's house, it's fine, you can wherever he wants, it's the same standard you keep. He goes to the neighbor's house, he goes to the payment and gun, whatever the case is, it's all the same. So it makes it much easier. Yes, there are things which aren't kosher, but no one eats that. So the, 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 the understanding here that no one eats that is a much easier one to stomach, no one to deal with. But, if you're in a surrounding, whether it's a family surrounding, or the place you're in, or the school friends that your child has, whatever it is, you keep to a much lower standard, so now it becomes much more of a challenge. Because here it becomes both ways. On the one hand, um, he's my friend and he can do it, so why can't I? And if you tell me it's also, so why is it also for him? Now, how you deal with this very much depends on the age of the child. Because the logical question little children won't ask. I'll just have the practical problem. Why can't I have the candy that he has? Right? Or when I go to his house to play, why can't I eat? Whatever the case is going to be. That's a practical question. It's only the older child which is going to have the question of the sphere. And that is, like, what? He's saying they're doing something wrong. They're not from enough. 
And if, if it's good enough what they're doing, so why we have to be better than them? Right? And like, how, do we, how do you answer the, the, the shaila of degrees of Shemir Samitis, which we'll talk about when we talk about older children? I'm saying that's the more difficult thing to deal with here. And it's, but at this stage, we're talking about little children first. It's not your gay. It's not the gay. The, the, the four year old, the three year old, right? You say you can't have the candy that they gave out in gun today because they're not the standard iron iron, but they gave out in gun. So how can everyone else eat it? Right? He's not asking the logical question. He's asking the practical question. Why can they have it in a mean why can they have an amina? Because and this is this, this, if no one's having it, then it's less of a shayla. No one has. But if the other, the, the other kids are eating it, so then you have to explain to them, you can't have it. Why not? Right? Even though the underlying question is the same, but because they don't have Again, the, I don't have to the, explain the logic. I don't have to come to Lashon Hara and Shayla. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're not from enough, they're doing something wrong, they're doing something right. just they don't have this principle, it's meaning they don't understand. Right. So then that, that's harder to explain. That's harder to explain. So those saying there's no point in teaching restraint at that age to grab these things? No. But I said, it's, I said there's two questions here that the child could come to you with. The one is to explain to you, why can they have it like me? They want the logical answer, and that's harder to give. Because you don't want to tell them that those guys aren't keeping the tariff properly. Right? If, if they are your cousins, or they are your neighbors, or whatever it is that you're living with. So you don't want to make them look bad. On the other hand, you have to explain, well, you're a different standard. So I wanted to ask me, if you haven't reached the maturity of being able to differentiate between them and their cousins, is there a point of restraining them at that age? Kashrus, yes. If a holder is not kosher, then I have to restrain Let's say your, your cousins watch, watch cartoons, you don't want your kids to watch cartoons. No, I'm not talking about cartoons, I'm talking about video games, I'm talking about it separately. I'm talking no, about cashers. No, My cousins eat rubber nuts. I don't. So what I do, I have to stop them. A holder is not kosher. Right. So it goes back to our first thing. But now the question is, how do I deal with it when it's in the second category of the M of our marriage of the Koenim, that you're in a society where other people do. Other people do. So like I said, when you talk about all the children of this, it's more difficult, and we'll talk about it when you talk about the children. But little children, it's, it's not a question of the why. Why are we different? It's just you have to enforce, this is our family standard. This is what we do. We do this. this is our standard, this is our road to size, whatever it's going to be. It's like clear, make it clear. It doesn't have to be explained, but it has to be clear. Maybe we do something different, this is what we do. In our family, we don't do that. I'm going to just accept that. And now we, I, again, you're working on the fact that you accept the limits you give them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's harder here because there's there's someone that they know that does isn't like that. It's not like no one does it. But the mahalach to go is again they're not old enough to understand the lambdas and explain to them what you choose to and why you're trying to be more careful or whatever the reason is going to be, right? It's just to make the dorm clear. Just make the dorm clear. And if we don't do that, maybe with them about something different. Okay, but ask me not. And therefore, it's the thing that we don't do. And if it's more presented. In a, in a more matter of fact, and that, that's the material, that's the way it is by us. Why then? Okay, just like everything else you've told them, you can't have this. Oh, people eat this in the store, it's for sale, right? We don't have it to finish, it's not kosher. So, oh, they're eating it, we don't have it, that's it, it's the end there. Now, the last point I want to talk about kosher for now, the little kids, is this is an interesting question. Is it worth having uh, tomorrow, something in, in, to replace what I'm taking away, right? In other words, is it something? Is it worth having something different, which is which has a good health, something I do rely on, or I do consider kosher enough, that every time a kid comes up from Ghana to a candy and asks me, can I have it? And I say, no, you can't, but I'll give you that instead. Right? Is that a good thing to do or not? Isn't the whole Torah for tomorrow? Well, if we're trying to treat restraints. So is that a Kedai thing to do? No. And the answer is, depends on which category it is. Now, if it's something no one needs. If I go to the reg, if I'm in Chutz and I go to the, the, the non-kosher store, so whatever it is, and they have all the non-kosher things there. And my kid wants them, I say, no, it's not kosher. I don't have to offer something else. 
Kasha's kasha, finished. That's well, the absolute. I once heard about the Omer from where that everything, every is in the Torah has like a head to connect with it, right? So the Torah doesn't ask us something blank without giving something. It's a Gemara in Cholin, in the Hanami. But the Gemara says it has a difference, like you can taste the same taste somewhere else. So it doesn't mean every time I'm confronted with the Torah to do something wrong, I have to do something instead. So I'm saying, but here again, here the point is not to say, I want to teach restraint to a certain level. Right. So if it's something which no one has, so then this is the absolute no one has. I don't have it, he doesn't have it, your friends don't have it, no one has. No, it's not finished. I don't have to offer something else. But if it's in the second category, if it's in the second category, something which other people within his world do have, and you want to hold him to a different standard, then you have to give him something better. Because he has to look at the standard he has as something which is good. It's the same by the Kardian. The father tells his little boy as a coin, you can't eat tumma, but you're going to make the best Whatever it's going to be, the thing is level of maturity, but you can have tumma, he can't. Right? Why don't we have to say the same thing, clapping a good, that we are something better? It's automatic. But that's not the to us. We don't have to. It's not, we don't want to. We don't want to argue the world. Trade is trade. The world is just showing that we're, we're we have something better. When we come to when we come to other points of difference between Jews and Goyim, for sure we emphasize that. Right. I'm saying with something which is trade, it's like mikutz lemachne. So I don't have to offer you something else for it. It's, it's not even, it's not even, it's not nagay. But over here, something which is nagay, because people in his world are eating that. Right? Let me give you an example. Right? If your child wants to do something which is taka dangerous, it's taka dangerous. He wants to, he wants to play with electricity. He wants to run in the road. The examples I gave last week. You know what I'm saying? Don't run in the road. Let's go and do something else instead. I don't have to offer the tomorrow. It's no, and no is not, not negotiable. No one runs in the road. Finished. Right? And therefore, I'm going to make you gather. And then the gather, I don't want to soften the gather by offering you something else. You should know, this is not an option. This is not an option. You don't run in the road. Not because I'm going to offer you to take the park, not because of anything else, but because we don't do it. And that's an absolute. No one runs in the road. But if you want him to do something, not to do something which, is, which other people in his world are doing. So it's much harder to set down a definitive, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So then I have to say, we're different. I'm going to offer you something else instead. Right? Your friends can do whatever. I don't want you to. I think it's not safe. But I have a different activity for you. And the same thing we're talking about over here. No, you can't do that. In the Chalami, in Gan, they gave out candy with, I don't know what, Heksha. I don't hold of it. But don't worry, you won't do that. Oh, your friends are, we do, we, we more machna. I'll give you better. Then the tomorrow is important. Then the tomorrow is important. And then, as, as we're trying to, then to sum up, this is the last point I wanted to say, we're trying to explain two different points here. The one is, when we're trying to build dough. Let's go back to what I said last time. In everything we talk about, we have to work. This is an example of Zriya, an example of Binyan. The first building block of Binyan is restraint. A person can restrain himself. And it's not because I'm convincing them to, not because I'm giving them something better. That doesn't, that's not restraint. If I'm saying, I want this type, so no, have that type. I didn't restrain myself, you just gave me a different type. Say, so I want this candy, I have that candy. I didn't restrain myself, you gave me something else. If I want to teach restraint, and when something is no, then learn, you don't have what you want. You want it. You don't, you're, not, you're not going to get it. Right? That's the first point. And then I said, that's Nagaya when it's understood that all, that, so to speak, all of us, all the all from Jews, all, this whole family, whatever you're going to call the, the, the control group as being, none of us do that. That's the strength. Then the second point I want to teach. And that is, if I have standards which are different to other people, I'm the coin. I want to be happy, machma, trimmer. So it's much harder to teach a strength like that because if, if there's something which is no, then I can say yes. So you have to go the other route. And you have to say, we don't do it, but we, could, but we have something else instead. I'll take away a candy, I'll give you a, a better lollipop. I'll give you something which is nicer, which is which I'm happy with, but it's better. It's more good that. Because I'm trying to teach a different rule. I'm not trying to teach a strength. 
We're not going to say this is Asur and this is Naga and it's an absolute red line because then why, how do you explain why they are doing it? Okay, I'm trying to teach. We have a standard. And this is like I keep waiting for Shabbos. It's not a no. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it more. Wait. You'll get it from you. It's the same kind of you said. I'm trying to teach that there's better. I don't have to get the first thing I want. I don't have to have it right away. I can, there's a tomorrow. I can trade for better. I can keep it for later. I can get something better for it. That's the second line. Okay, that's the point I want to talk about tonight. That pretty much sums up the first aspect that I want to talk about, which is the aspect which is the Gaya Tachila. And like I said, the psychological benefits, you see, a child can control himself. That's the first point. Good, as we talk about tonight, but the next, uh, the next year, we'll talk about, I mean, the principle which we'll develop on our own, we'll talk about next week.